after fleeing America during the E. Jean Carroll federal trial and making the excuse that he had business to attend to in Ireland and Scotland, Donald Trump just said that he had to cut short his very important golf game in Ireland to return to America because he wants to confront E. Jean Carroll in court during trial. But of course, Trump was lying. Even his lawyer, Joe Takapina, said, yeah, I have no clue what he's talking about. He's absolutely not testifying at trial. <laughs> but the federal judge in the E. Jean Carroll case is calling Donald Trump's bluff. And this comes after a complete disaster of a trial for Donald Trump. And the case is set to be turned over to the jury on Monday. We'll let you know what went down in that trial this past week. Another major court loss for Donald Trump, Donald Trump's $100 million, he just like makes up these numbers, $100 million defamation case against the New York Times for accurately reporting on his tax fraud. Guess what? It was dismissed by a New York court. And not only wow, that, wow. but the New York Times was awarded attorney's fees, likely hundreds of thousands of dollars. Another Donald Trump and Alina Haba specialty for you right there. <laughs> and this, as the New York State Court judge presiding over the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal case against Donald Trump stated that trial was going to take place, is going to take place in February or March 2024, and that a protective order would be in place, get this, restraining Donald Trump from threatening judges, lawyers, witnesses, you know, a very novel concept, hey? Eh? We'll talk about that. And look, there is a reason that the modern-day Republican Party, the MAGA Republicans, hate the court system. And it's because it still remains a place where facts supported by evidence actually matters, right? Outside of the courts, the MAGA Republicans just continue to get these platforms on right-wing disinformation media, which doesn't hold them accountable, where they just defame President Joe Biden every day with completely fraudulent and frankly disgusting allegations. Also, the Republican leaders on the House Judiciary Committee tweeted that the disgraced right-wing Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was the GOAT. They, they actually said that, that Justice Clarence Thomas was the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And they said this in response to a story that broke earlier in the day from ProPublica that in addition to the millions of dollars in vacations and gifts, and in addition to buying his mom a home, Republican billionaire donor Harlan Crow also paid for Clarence Thomas's adopted son's private school tuition, which Thomas also did not disclose. MAGA Republicans on the Judiciary Committee, their response was, the GOAT? I call it 
the clowns. And now, like just before we went live, a new story just broke in the same day from the Washington Post that Leonard Leo, who's the head of the Federalist Society, was basically funneling tens of thousands of dollars to be played to to be paid to Clarence Thomas's wife through Kellyanne Conway as an intermediary. That story just breaking right now. Also, special counsel Jack Smith is piercing Trump's inner circle and has got some major new evidence in the ongoing criminal investigations into Donald Trump. And finally, the five members of the terrorist group known as the Proud Boys who were on trial in federal court were all convicted by a jury on Thursday of multiple felony counts. Four of those Proud Boys were convicted of seditious conspiracy. So the Department of Justice has now won full or partial convictions in 100% of the January 6th jury trials, folks. This is the Midas Touch podcast. I and Micellus joined by Brett and Jordy Micellus. We're all on East Coast time, right? Let's go. Let's go. Gotta love the East Coast. We're adapting, Brett and I. It's a struggle. Yeah, it's it's a struggle, guys. It's the, mm-hmm. the East Coast life is a struggle. See, we get to look like we have superhuman powers, I think, when we're on the West Coast because we it looks like, wow, they're up really late, working really late, and we could still get up like at a normal time and, and relatively be on top of things. But this just ruins the whole thing. You see the dark circles under my eyes. You see us working 15-hour days, but we're here <laughs> to deliver you all the facts. Man, the DOJ, 100% conviction rate or partial conviction that, I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable. Ben, that's a lot of Antifa and BLM mm. protesters going. Pro- oh, wait. Oh, wait. The point. Proud Boys were there. Oh, oh wait. Oh. Seditious conspiracy. I, it feels oh. like just yesterday, actually, when we heard uh, Fox News incessantly make comments like, they keep calling it sedition. But I haven't seen anybody charged with sedition. Well, guess what? How, how many how many guilty seditious conspiracy charges do we have now? Like a dozen? I think or, it's or fourteen more? convictions. Oh my! Fourteen God, seditious conspiracy. Three not separate three. seditious conspiracy trials. I think there has been fourteen seditious conspiracy convictions. Know what I got to say to that? Keep going, Merrick. Keep going, Jack. Keep working your way up. You're almost there. This is this is good to see. A lot of justice uh, finally, and it's it's really great to see. A lot of bad news for Donald Trump, which is typically good news for our democracy. And he is just absolutely melting down there. Just a pure humiliation in Scotland. I mean, what the hell was that? I mean, we 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 got to laugh at the DeSantis World Tour last week, and now you see Trump head to Scotland and Ireland and just make a complete fool out of himself as well. Just when these magas leave their bubbles like you said ben it just the fascist furbies in the wild it just it just doesn't work the whole thing just doesn't work once they leave the country and actually get confronted it's just all totally totally <laughs> totally bizarre jordy how are you doing man i'm doing good i'm so happy to have you guys on the east coast now you guys understand the struggle of someone who lives on the east coast you know what i'm saying that that's why me as the youngest brother actually looks 20 years older than both of you guys man the east coast is stressful we work out here It's not that La La Land crap that you guys are doing over there in California. (laughs) It's real America. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) What's up, big bro? We're going to have a big show tonight. Like a lot. So just so the audience knows, when we do these shows, like we put together like really robust outline. 
like of the of the most important consequential news of the day to bring you up to speed. And just an hour before the show, I mean, bam, 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 just hit with more breaking news that we'll definitely get into here. I'm excited. You know what I got to say to that, Jordy? Stand back and stand by. We got a big episode of the Midas Touch podcast coming your way. Ben, where shall we start? I I, I guess we should start where you talk about fascist Furbies in the wild. And for those saying, Brett, what in the world (laughs) are you talking about there? I compared this MAGA republic. No, I'm going to say this. For you guys saying that, make sure you listen to every episode of the Midas Touch podcast. How dare you for missing episodes and not getting the reference? Yep. I'm just kidding, point. Ben. You, 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 you could explain. You know, we call this MAGA Republican language, we called it kind of fascist Furby talk because it's <laughs> unclear, unless you're living in the echo chamber. Everybody know what the Furbies are? The Furbies, well, from... I think 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was like the hottest Christmas gift, right? Um, and it was these like little furry <laughs> technology things. And they would just go. Bruh, 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 bruh. <laughs> and so what we would say here is that, you know, when these MAGA Republicans like talk to each other, it's 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 their own language that they talk about. And it's like, and that's why you you can't get into a debate with a Furby. I mean, right? Like if you start debating a Furby, you put yourself on the level of of the Furby. But that's why when when they like want to bait you into talking Wise about words. they, they, they want to act like bathrooms and pronouns are like the biggest issues that Americans are dealing with. Like you can go Furby, Furby, Furby and have that conversation with them. Or what you should most, what you should really do is be like, what the heck are you even talking about? Like, no, I don't wake up thinking about pronouns, okay? I don't wake up thinking about the bathroom other than I have to go to the bathroom. But I'm not thinking about, oh my God, are we gonna think, is that person going to use this bathroom or that bathroom? Like, it's just not one of the top 1,000 things that actually like cross my mind. And there are real issues that we have to deal with where MAGA Republicans are like, you know, while they're all into talking about their pronouns, like when it comes to the debt ceiling, they're happy to be like, you know what, let's just you know, let, let, let's just destroy the country, like whatever, like we'll see what happens. And by the way, there was a recent study, I don't know if you saw this, um, and it was done by Moody's. And like, speaking of the fascist Furby language, like if you just watch how these MAGA Republicans talk, you show them something like, okay, Moody's is not a democratic entity, okay? They're just analyzing the existing data. But the MAGA Republicans will always create a conspiracy for everything. So their new one is Moody's are are Democrats or Uniparty, and they put out this data to undermine them. Not that the MAGA Republican plan is not a plan. It is a poison pill to destroy Americans. But this is what Moody said. U.S. GDP growth would be 1.61% in 2024 under the GOP debt limit plan versus 2.23% otherwise. So significantly less. The plan would meaningfully increase the likelihood of a recession. GOP proposed spending cuts are substantial headwind to near-term economic growth. The plan would cost 790,000 jobs by the end of 2024, right? So that's data. Like that is just reviewing the plan, saying what the data is, but the MAGA Republicans, they don't care about data. They just care about their fascist, Furby, whatever conspiracy theory they have of the day, Brett. 
Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're averse to anything that goes against their worldview and goes against what they're told. So, you know, you have this whole ecosystem, this whole toxic ecosystem on the right that's just pumping out propaganda every single day, right? Just nonstop. And Republicans tend to think that the media and the justice system, oh, it's all biased. They're all against us all the time. I don't understand what's happening. How could they just be going against? Look, they're writing all these negative stories, but why are they never writing about Hunter Biden? Why are they never pursuing Burisma? Why are they never doing that? You know, whatever the term du jour is by the Republican Party. And it's because these claims are not taken seriously by reputable organizations. So it's not taken seriously by the actual media. It's not taken seriously by the Department of Justice, who may investigate these things, by the way, and then be like, oh, there's nothing there. This is this is BS. And so they think that there is an inherent bias against them because of all this. But it's actually kind of the opposite of what they think. On the whole, like, 99.9% of the time, the stories pushed by the Republican Party and their conservative right-wing fascist ecosystem, I, I didn't even mean to say conservative, how dare me, Whoa. They, they're, they're wholly, they're, they're entirely like just BS, like they just make shit up. And we'll, we'll talk about that in this episode. Just, they will just throw things at the wall, see what sticks, and they, like out of thin air entirely. And they pick the most salacious, most kind of disgusting, most up abhorrent claims so that they could get headlines, so they could be invited previously onto Tucker's show, now onto Hannity's show, and now on, on these bizarre Newsmax and OAN shows. And, and, and they just, they brainwash people into thinking that these are real things. And then ultimately what happens? Reality gets in the way of their BS. Reality gets in the way of their lies. All of a sudden, what's happening? Donald Trump is getting indicted. Donald mm -hmm. Trump is being investigated for serious crimes. Clarence Thomas is being investigated by these investigative journalists. And we are seeing the actual receipts of everything. They are backing it up with actual facts and they are going, woe is me. Everybody is out to get me. How could this be? But instead of, I, I just propose this. If, if by any chance we have one person on this show who's just tuning in to say, hey, you know, I just want to see what these guys are about. You know, I, I, I'm, I normally, you know, I'm a MAGA guy or whatever you call it. I'm ultra MAGA, ultra. but for some reason I'm tuning in. I'm ultra MAGA, but for some reason I'm tuning into the Midas Touch podcast tonight. If I get through to just one of you, then I don't think it's possible. But I'll say this, instead of being mad at the media, instead of being mad at Democrats or whatever boogeyman that these people are shoveling your way, perhaps you should consider turning your anger to the folks who keep lying to you and keep getting your hopes up over all these things over and over and over. Mm -hmm. These right-wing politicians, the right-wing media, who is gaslighting you, who is lying to you, who is getting you angry, who is riling you up and is making you pissed off at everything once inevitably nothing happens. These people are using you. That's all I want to say. You are being used. You are the mark in this situation. I, I can't be any clearer. Jim Jordan thinks you're an idiot. Like OAN, Newsman, like these people think you are morons. And I wish that you would turn the tables on them and say, you know, finally, I'm going to stand up to you. I'm not going to be gaslighted by your lies anymore. It's insane. I'll give you a it's perfect why example. The Jim Jordans of the world. Oh, you, Jordy. Ben. Oh, you. No, Ben. No, I'm really, no, Jordy. I was it's, why, it, it, 
It, it's why it's sort of what we talked about on Monday. <clears throat> it's why the Jim Jordans of the world and the Marjorie Taylor Greens decide to attack experts and try and make the term expert a bad word in the MAGAverse. It's because experts come with data. They come with resources. They, they come with information that's actually studied and nuanced and, and, and really brings to light what exactly is going on. And then when you look at the data, just objectively, like, it is so never in the MAGA verse favor, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Jim Jordans, it's so never in their favor that the only thing that they can do is say, you're a liar. I don't believe you. Well, I have this fact. And it's just like, what are you doing, man? Like, look at yourself. And if you are a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Jim Jordan supporter, you're being played just like Brett said. You are the mark. They'll just go, Joe Biden, pedophile, human trafficker. I saw it. I saw it. Believe me. Your and Marjorie like, Taylor Green is one of yeah, my Yeah, your Marjorie Taylor Green's getting so good like, that it almost makes me sounds angry. Ju sounds just like <laughs> And you're like, what are you saying? Like, have you, do you ever wake up and just be like, what the heck are you even saying? But unfortunately, they have this whole ecosystem that immediate of oh, fascist Furbies. It's an army of fascist <laughs> Furbies out there who immediately go, all in each other's ears. And it, I, I guarantee you, if you dug into it, you would see heavy coordination too between all of these groups. Mm -hmm. Like I guarantee you, there is a, a very clear line of communication between Jim Jordan, for example, and like the Charlie Kirks of the world and all those other kind of, you know, crazy accounts you see on, on the internet, on Twitter, on social media, that the second they come up with their next scheme, they blast it everywhere. It's all over the place and they just try to gaslight you. And then all of a sudden they have to go on TV. And now it's funny, like you see Fox, like a little bit at least, being a little more cautious in what they're doing after the major settlement and trying to like hedge it a little bit and say, you know what? We don't actually have any evidence of this. I just want to say that. Um, but, and then whenever they end up going into court or in front of prosecutors or whatever, it's they've, they've got nothing. They've got absolutely nothing. And it's just time and time again, it's, and, and they're, they're smearing people. I mean, it's pure defamation. It's pure slander. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. Well, let's talk about what happens in the court, right? Because you have this E. Jean Carroll trial. You have, we're now in the second week of it. E. Jean Carroll's got great lawyers who are doing what you're supposed to do in trial, right? Put on evidence, put on witnesses, and to make your case to the jury. On the other hand, you have Donald Trump's lawyers who have stated they're not going to put on any witnesses at all, that Donald Trump was not going to show up as a witness. They're not even going to call their expert witness. And I want you to think back to, do you remember uh, in connection with the New York Attorney General's preliminary injunction where they were putting on a fight where they wanted to get a financial monitor, which they ultimately won to oversee Donald Trump and the Trump organization's finances. What Justice Arthur and Goran said back then in the order, and I think this order was issued last year, was Donald Trump did not put forward a scintilla of evidence, like, like nothing. At that time, Donald Trump invoked his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination, so he put on no evidence then. And they put on no witnesses. Like, when you are trying to rebut a preliminary injunction, 
What you do as a lawyer is you get individuals to sign declarations truthfully under penalty of perjury to rebut the facts of the moving party. Even if Donald Trump was going to invoke his Fifth Amendment rights, maybe you get an expert to appraise the properties and talk about how the valuation and the appraisals may have some kind of nexus and that there isn't a fraudulent scheme there, but they don't even do that. And then what does Donald Trump say about Justice Justice Arthur and Goron? Oh, he's a horrible judge. He's a hack. He hates me. Every judge hates Donald Trump, right, is, is what he says. Coincidence. And it's the same thing here in the E. Jean Carroll case. Not a scintilla of evidence. And what Donald Trump's plan evidently was, and the judge called his bluff on this. This is Donald Trump's plan. During trial, Trump's going to lie and claim he's got business to deal with in Scotland and Ireland, that he's got to open up a new golf course there. And so he couldn't be, this is what he's saying to his supporters, he couldn't show up at trial. However, on the very last day of trial, coincidentally, he told the reporters, not coincidentally, obviously, I'm going to go back now. I have to confront E. Jean Carroll. Very conveniently, you wait for the last day as the case is about to be over to get back when the judge would say, hey, too late. You've now waived your rights to testify. Because what was Trump planning on doing here? He was going to say to his supporters, I was going to testify. I flew back. You saw what I said to the press. I was going to head back and the judge shut it down. So the judge did something freaking brilliant that I want to tell you all about. But first, I want to play this clip. This is from uh, Ireland today where Donald Trump's out there playing golf during the time when evidence is being presented in a trial against him that is accusing him of the most disgusting and dastardly acts a human being could be in. And what's he doing? He's golfing. And he acts like to the press, Oh, I, I got to stop playing golf right now. I, I, I'm a rich, he goes like, I'm a rich guy. I'm out here enjoying myself. And now I've got to go back to the United States to confront E. Jean Carroll. So first I want to play this clip and then I want to tell you what brilliant thing the judge did, but play the clip. I'll be going back early because uh, a woman made a claim that's totally false. It was fake. She's a fake. She wrote in a book, she's a Democrat. Uh, we have a rough judge, we have a judge that doesn't like me much, appointed by Bill Clinton. And he's a, he's a guy that doesn't like me much. He's, I guess, not allowing the coat that they wanted to put into evidence. Uh, when, once we said, yes, put it into evidence, they said, oh, we don't want to do that. It's a disgrace, but I have to do it. That's part of life. So that, I have to leave Ireland and I have to leave Scotland, where I have great properties, I have to leave early. I don't have to, but I choose to. Will you attend the trial, Mr. President? I'll probably attend, and I think it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace that it's allowed to happen. It's called false accusations against a rich guy, or in my case, against a famous, rich, and political person that's leading the polls by 40 points. And I have to go back for a woman that made a false accusation about me, and I have a judge who's extremely hostile, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to confront this one. This woman is a disgrace and it shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country. First off, I think Donald Trump voted for Clinton. Like, wasn't he at the Clinton's wedding? Like, Donald Trump used to be a Democrat, first of all. Like, so, like, like, so let's just say, like, Donald Trump 
is just, you know, he's just a fascist authoritarian. Like he's making up all of these things to just like, Brett, to your point, if you happen to be a MAGA Republican and you're watching this, everything the guy does is a complete con. Like it's, it's all yeah. a total lie. So, so what happened in court? Well, first the plaintiff, E. Jean Carroll, they rested their case. So they said, we put on all of our, our, our evidence. We put all, on our, uh, put all of our witnesses on. We played Donald Trump's deposition. We have no more evidence to present. So then it went to Donald Trump's lawyer, Joe Takapina, and Joe Takapina said, the defense rests. We're not putting on any witnesses. And then the judge said, well, what about your client, Donald Trump? He doesn't want to testify. And then Takapina had to say, no, no, no. He's waived his right to testify. Takapina actually said that because the judge confronted him. But the judge didn't accept that representation. What the judge says is, you know what? Based on what he said in Ireland, I'm going to give him a few days. So we'll give him until we'll give him until Sunday to let us all know if he wants to come in and testify on Monday. And I haven't ruled on whether or not I will allow him to testify or not. But if he wants to testify, make the request to me by Sunday at 5 p.m. And we can see if he'll testify on Monday. Of course, Donald Trump's not going to avail himself of that. He's too big of a coward to testify. But it it stopped. Like Trump thought he was going to be so smart here to engineer <laughs> that on the last day to say, oops, now I... I wanted to try it, and this Clinton appointee stopped me from testifying. And the judge is like, no, 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 he could testify. H have him come in on Monday and let me know by Sunday if he wants to do it. It was a brilliant move right there. Yeah, it's a, it's such a brilliant move. And this judge is clearly not taking any of Trump's crap and sees right through all of his moves because he's the most transparent person in the world. And this may be a little beside the point, but it looked like the worst day for golf imaginable. Like, like that is not golf weather. It was like windy as hell. It would look like it was about to downpour. Like that's not even right. like a golf day, right? <laughs> like it's not even a day for He's golf. like forcing himself to be on yeah. the golf course. <laughs> it's like in a giant coat, like, yeah, just playing around a golf here, everybody. It's, it's like, the, like, what is he doing? And it's like he defamed her again right yeah. there. Like he's on trial partially for defamation and he defamed her right there again, calling her a liar, attacking the judge. Always smart to attack the judge uh, right before the ruling comes down. I mean, this guy is a freaking and, and, and Brett, you raised Two such quick a good point here. there too, because um, if and I think when E. Jean Carroll prevails in the trial, remember, this case is technically referred to as E. Jean Carroll 2 because the defamation claims were kind of split because there were initial defamation claims that Donald Trump was engaged in when he was in the office. And that went through a whole appeals process. But basically, the courts are allowing that to proceed. But in the meantime, because Donald Trump defamed her again in October of 2022, and then New York passed another law called the Adult Survivors Act, which allowed mm. victims of sexual assault to bring a case if the statute of limitations expired within one year of the passage of the law. This case that's currently before uh, the jury uh, involves the defamation from October of 2022, as well as the underlying sexual assault claims from 1996. But the defamation claims from uh, 2019, 
um, when Trump was in office, or to, to, yeah, 2019, those are still alive, and that that will be tried after this. There will be another trial on those claims, and now I think E. Jean Carroll will sue Donald Trump based on that statement as well. Wow. So there will now be, I think, a third defamation case, Brett, to your point, based <laughs> on that. Keep doing it. And, and I just want to talk very briefly about what went down in court. As I said, both sides rested their case. The judge is giving Donald Trump through Sunday to decide if he wants to testify and make that request. But the jury, will, tough, the jury will get handed the case on Monday and will probably get a verdict Monday or Tuesday. But Trump presented no evidence at all in the case. Now, the jury saw through Trump's deposition testimony, Trump suggesting that four women who have appeared in the court are too unattractive for him to assault. Like, how disgusting is that? Like, E. Jean Carroll, Jessica Leeds, Natasha Stoyanoff, and he even said it about the lawyer, Robbie Kaplan, on the deposition. And I just want to pause there for a second. That's like the crux of the entire argument that he has is not even like, I didn't do it. Like, the main argument that he uses is, I wouldn't do that to her or her, and I definitely wouldn't do that to you. That's what he said to the, the lawyer. I definitely would not do it thing. to you because of the way you look to the lawyer. I mean, it's disgusting in general. And I mean, there's it, he brings the lawyer into it and makes it very personal with the lawyer, Brett, to your point, and kind of proves the point. But what the jury also saw was in the deposition testimony, Trump confused E. Jean Carroll with his ex-wife, Marla Maples, um, there was a moment where he saw a picture of Eugene Carroll and said, that's Marla, that, 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 that's Marla Maples. Um, and then as well, Roberta Kaplan asked, asked Trump about the, she's not my type comment, but said, if that meant that you didn't find her physically attractive and Trump did not deny that. So then e, so then Eugene Carroll's lawyer asked him, I take it then that the three women you married, they are all your type. And Donald Trump said yes and kind of walked mm. right into that, that, you know, that uh, the women he married are his type and he thought that E. Jean Carroll was Marla Maples, his type. I mean, you never know what a jury's going to do. There's one juror who I think in the questioning was someone who said they watched Tim Pool podcasts or something like that. Yeah, that was that, that, that's, a, that's a big red flag. That was me. the one red flag. But I don't know if that juror is an alternate or I don't think anybody knows yet. But, you know, I think any juror who's fair and watches this, regardless of whether you watch a Tim Pool podcast or not, can only come to one conclusion. But um, I think we'll find we'll find this out on Monday or Tuesday. So we'll, we'll get that info soon. Yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be next week is going to be a big week. I feel like we're going to hear a lot of news breaking next week. Dude, every I mean, week is a big week. The, like the Pence testimony. Every I saw like, uh, uh, I think it was a Washington Post reporter before it did like, here's the news that happened since Mike Pence testified before Jack Smith. And it was like, just like the craziest list of all time of, of convictions and arrests and news. To, like the, the news cycle is moving so quick, but you know, that's why we distill it and break it down. For the that's why we're here. That's we why we're we here. Talk Trump, we talked Trump. Trump yelling at the judges, Ben. Um, talking about how all these judges are corrupt. At what point? At what point would a sane individual look inward and be like, "Oh, it's me." It's like if someone is, is dating a lot of people and they're the person who, who 
continues to get broken up with. They're like, oh, what's wrong with these people? I mean, the guy's just completely on him. Yeah, well, you know the saying, if everyone is crazy in your life yeah. and 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 everybody been looking weird, <laughs> have some introspection. You know, Jordan, but it That's gets true. worse than that, right? Because it's now the whole MAGA Republican ecosystem, though, that views things that are objectively horrific. And they try to frame it as, oh, you, 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 this is just a bunch of lefties trying to attack us. And it's like, there's nothing left about this, these positions. They're just kind of common sense positions. And you know, you're living in a weird world where Mitch McConnell feels like he is one of the more moderate Republicans today when oh. he's normally, I mean, he's not moderate at all. Let's be very clear. He's yeah, a very extreme <laughs> right-wing person, but compared to the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Boberts, you know, sometimes Mitch McConnell has been getting a pass for just what a like despicable person he is as well, because relative to Marjorie Taylor Greene, he looks somewhat normal, but but let's not normalize Mitch McConnell. So going back to this idea of like the MAGA Republicans all say, oh, well, this is what the left is trying to do. Let me show you what Mitch McConnell said about Clarence Thomas um, and what he called as these politically motivated attacks by the left, because Clarence Thomas, he says, was just, was just someone who was... Uh, uh, just taking vacations. How, how, how would you attack a man for vacations? Here, play this clip. Now, now we've got the next raft of silly personal attacks. This time, the left and some of their media allies want the American people to gasp in horror, in horror, that one Supreme Court justice vacations with his friends, that another one sold his house when he moved. And the Chief Justice, Justice Roberts' wife, has a career outside the home. The Democrats even tried to pressure Chief Justice Roberts to trade the Supreme Court for their kangaroo court and show up in person today to hear them grandstand. A totally inappropriate request, as the Chief's polite and facts-based reply <clears throat> made clear. I want to talk about just how despicable that is that you just watch. Then I want to show you what the other Republicans are saying, what the House Judiciary GOP Twitter account, but where they called Clarence Thomas the GOAT, the greatest of all time GOAT. in response to these horrific scandals. We'll talk about that, but let's just take a quick break. Support for Midas is brought to you by Manscaped, who has the best in men's below-the-waist grooming products. That's right. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MIDAS at manscaped.com. Look, everyone knows that you have to be careful when dealing with the family jewels. You definitely don't want to use an old crusty electric trimmer. Yikes! That's why I'm so excited to partner with Manscaped. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Reserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. 
First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest below the waist trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has 4000K LED spotlights you'll need for a more precise shave. And because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Reserver Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MIDAS. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code MIDAS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Wow, great uh, ad read there, Jerry. Oh, Let's go. I got the, I got the, I got the, I got We don't want to see it. We don't want to see it, but great ad, great, but great product. And you can check it out in the description below. It's really great. It's a great, it's a great product. Um, <laughs> let's play that clip again of Mitch McConnell. I want to show you what he said about, uh, you know, it's just the left. They are grandstanding. They are. They are mad that uh, Justice Clarence Thomas is just taking vacations, and they're mad that Justice John Roberts' wife is just earning a living. And look, for, forget the fact that she earned $10.3 million in commissions from law firms that go before her husband. She's just trying to earn a living, everybody. Just, just hardworking Americans here and just want to take vacations. Play the clip. Now, now we've got the next raft of silly personal attacks. This time, the left and some of their media allies want the American people to gasp in horror, in horror, that one Supreme Court justice vacations with his friends, that another one sold his house when he moved, and that Chief Justice, justice Roberts' wife has a career it's so disingenuous. It's outside insane. the home. It's crazy. The Democrats even tried to pressure Chief Justice Roberts to trade the Supreme Court for their kangaroo court and show up in person today to hear them grandstand. A totally inappropriate request, as the Chief's polite and facts-based reply <clears throat> made clear. You know, these Democrats, they're playing these silly games. They are upset that Republicans <laughs> are singing songs with January 6th insurrectionists. Have, have you heard of folk songs? Do, do, are, are you anti-song lefties? You, you are upset that we are partying with the terrorists. I mean, you know, you go through these things. This isn't a, like a lefty issue. It's like a common sense issue. No, we don't want Supreme Court justices to get millions of dollars in gifts from donors with agendas, and even regardless if there isn't an agenda, that you don't disclose that you are required to disclose. No, it's not a normal, look, Chief Justice John Roberts' wife 
She should earn a, a, a great living. But her living is really going to be working for, working as a recruiter, making more than $10 million for law firms that have cases before her husband. Obviously, why do you think these firms are giving, you know, the a lot of this business in the you don't think that they want a quid pro quo here for the amount of money that they are paying, but even the appearance of impropriety. And as I always say, you know, it is so upsetting to me having gone through law school and just seeing this like when you call a judge your honor, right? When you stand, when you rise, right? It's because they're supposed to be honorable people. And they bring, by the way, as I've always said, if they're, a, if they're in private practice or whatever, and you want to go take vacations and you make a lot of money, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Like, do what you want to do. I mean, to each his own. I'm going to do me. You can do you. But they're not getting criticized because they're going on vacation or that someone's wife's earning a living. These are the justices, and they're all right-wing justices. It's not like a both sides issue where all these scandals are happening. And it's every single one of them, too. It's not It's not like one of them. It's like all of them have these incredible conversations. would go to like, 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 like Neil Gorsuch. It's like, who bought your log cabin for like $2 million in Colorado that nobody else wanted to buy? At this point, these dudes should just – at this point, they should just tell us what they paid for themselves. <laughs> like because it's, it's, it's clear it, – it, that would be a much smaller list. Kavanaugh gets his mortgage paid for and all of the allegations against him gets covered and up. Mysteriously. It's, it's, it's insane. And like the Mitt McConnell's like, and the, the person just sold his house. I mean, you're not allowed to sell your house these days. Like he sold his house to Harlan. He sold his mother's house to Harlan Crow above market value. And then his mother continued to live in it and still lives in it to this day. And they did tens and tens of thousands of dollars on renovations in the house. And I think the whole kind of corruption of this entire judicial philosophy was on full display when they did this ethics hearing in the Senate the other day. Mm -hmm. And you had the former Bush AG, uh, Michael Mukasey, I'm probably saying the guy's name off, but John Ossoff did an incredible job questioning him and let's just let's play his comments and we could dissect it a little uh right after this judge mccasey I'm, I'm not uh in any way questioning or even seeking to interrogate your personal conduct what i'm what i'm asking you is that as a judge is it fair to say that you most likely would have declined an offer of foreign travel worth hundreds of thousands of dollars because quite reasonably you would have had the concern that public disclosure of such travel could have undermined public confidence in the impartiality of your judgment. Simply because it amounted to, I mean, if somebody took me, I mean, if, if I were a district judge and somebody wanted to fly me on his private plane um, on a vacation with his family and I were friendly with that person, would I have refused and endangered the friendship? I'm not sure that I would have. Well, uh, I think the American public sees that kind of conduct and quite reasonably asks the question whether it's appropriate. And also, let's just also take a moment to 
go back to Mitch McConnell's words when he described what the Democrats were doing, which is an actual investigative function right there. That's that, that's actually good questioning. That's actually trying to get to the bottom of some real serious issues in this country. And McConnell had the nerve to call that a kangaroo court while these maniacs in the House are running an actual yeah. kangaroo court yeah. and are just being absolute maniacs. And there are so many red flags with that statement. And it's just such brazen corruption. First of all, it's like, dude, would you have disclosed it though? If if you took that private jet, would you have disclosed it? And if that person came before the court uh, shortly after you did that private jet trip with them, would you maybe have recused yourself? How about you answer that? Also, you just flat out admitted that you are putting the loyalty of your friendship over the loyalty to the actual court, to the loyalty to the country. You are saying that billionaire who took me on that private jet, I work for him and not for the American people. I mean, they said it in in that way. And also, <laughs> okay, just, pick, just imagine. It's a it's a pretty yeah. weird friendship, though, right? Like, uh, yes, like, it's not a friendship. But but like, in what friendship situation though would the person be so offended that you're refusing <laughs> to go on a vacation with them <laughs> because you have to be a judge? Like, you would think it would be like a pretty basic conversation to have with your buddy. Your buddy's like, hey, you know. We're going out to Aruba. You you, you want to come with Aruba? We'll, we'll pay for it. And then you said to your friend, you know what? I'm a district court judge. I don't like the way it looks. And then your friend goes, you're not my friend anymore. Okay. <laughs> if that is truly, that's a weird freaking, that's some weird freaking friendship. Thing yeah. That that, that, that yeah. takes place. You know, you would think the friend would say, look, I totally get it. And I, re and I respect that. <laughs> I guess it's not a friendship because let's go to Harlan Crow for a second. Then I'll circle mm -hmm. back to my to my other point. Harlan Crow did not befriend Clarence Thomas until after Clarence Thomas became a Supreme Court justice. That should be a red flag, shouldn't it? All of a sudden, this billionaire really wants to be good friends with me and is taking me on vacation. I guess he just thinks I'm a really swell guy. I guess that <laughs> that must that must be it, right? That must be it. He just must think I'm, I'm, I'm so much fun to hang out with. And if on that point that you were saying, Ben, about the friendship, if declining a vacation with this so-called friend would upset them, imagine how ruling against them, imagine what that would do to the mm. relationship. And therein mm. lies the corruption and therein lies the problem with his statements and with the way these Republicans are treating the Supreme Court. And by the way, not just the Supreme Court, the way they're treating the entire government. The Republicans, this is a microcosm of the entire way the Republicans view government. They do not view it as I am here to help my constituents, the American people. They view it as I am here to help my constituents, my billion buddies who I go on private jets and vacations with. And that's on full display in all of these. And all the people you see defending him, when you see McConnell defending him or Ted Cruz defending him or all these people defending him, they are all being paid by this guy. Like these billionaire donors are all putting money in their pockets. Of course they're going to defend them. Harlan Crow's like the big one of the biggest GOP billionaire donors out there. They're not going to talk smack about him. They're not going to say mm -hmm. it's wrong. It's the problem with money in our politics and specifically Specifically, it shines a light on the corruption that you see in the Republican Party. Here's the thing. Clarence Thomas, with his wife, their combined income is significant. Like, they make close to $1 million a year, okay? Let's just be clear how out of touch they are 
with American people to begin with. Like the fact that they think that that is not a lot of money, right? They're making a million dollars a year. And the report that we're just learning from the Washington Post that just broke is one of the ways that Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas's wife, makes all of this money is that people like Leonard Leo, who run the Federalist Society, tell people, in this specific example, it's Kellyanne Conway, to basically take funding from a certain group and to pay that money to Ginny Thomas's group so that she could be paid. And also, um, Harlan Crow would put a lot of money to Ginny Thomas's various, you know, uh, this is the worst crossover episode of all time. How did Kellyanne Conway make it into this episode? This is BS, it's, it's, it's the story that just broke in the Washington Post that, that, that they had Kellyanne Conway deliver the payments to her, to uh, Ginny Thomas. And this was about 10 years ago or so, but this is how she made lots of money with her proximity to Justice Clarence Thomas. But they made about a million dollars a year. So look, you know, this story that broke from ProPublica about Clarence Thomas's adopted son, uh, this guy by the name of Mark Martin, um, who was living in, it sounded like, very difficult circumstances up to the age of six. I think his father um, was in prison. It was technically Clarence Thomas's grandnephew. And Clarence Thomas adopted Mark Martin and said, you know, I'm going to raise you like my child. By the way, pause right there. Very laudable, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, there's nothing to criticize about that. Absolutely. And I think providing that opportunity is, awesome. is absolutely awesome and great. The issue becomes when Harlan Crow pays for Mark Martin, uh, Clarence Thomas's adopted son, to go to these very prestigious and incredibly expensive private schools. So there's one called Hidden Lake Academy, which is a private boarding school in the foothills of northern Georgia, where tuition basically costs $75,000 a year. There was another uh, Randolph-Macon Academy in Virginia, um, where uh, Mark Martin also went. Um, And again, the the issue isn't that, look, if, if Mark Martin, if Clarence Thomas wants to send Mark Martin to those specific schools and he wants to pay for it himself, great. Let me add that Clarence Thomas is also one of the justices who's likely going to uh, prevent President Biden's student debt cancellation uh, program. And meanwhile, you have Justice Justice Clarence Thomas using the money of billionaires to fund the education of his adopted son. I guess that's okay in his world. Just use, you know, just use Harlan Crow money. But Clarence Thomas could pay for it. And then if you want to send him you know, to Hidden Lake Academy, you could pay for it yourself. Or how about this? If Harlan Crow pays for it, then you disclose it. It's obviously a gift to you. And Justice Clarence Thomas previously disclosed when some other entity gave him a similar type of gift from Mark Martin for a lesser amount, $5,000. Clarence Thomas disclosed that, but didn't disclose these things. And what Clarence Thomas, I suppose, is trying to claim, well, technically, Mark Martin is not a biological dependent on, you know, on, you know, for me. So therefore it was a gift that was being made to Mark Martin, not a gift made to me. Well, if that's your judgment, you deserve to be nowhere near these near the Supreme Court. But again, the issue isn't that Mark Martin went to good schools. 
It's who paid for it and why wasn't it disclosed? And you're a Supreme Court justice. That's the issue. And the MAGA Republicans will be like, the, the lefties, the, the, they just want to stop a kid from getting a good education. No, it's not about that. It's just about they're a Supreme Court justice and stop gaslighting us. Yeah. And then they go so opposite in the other direction. They go, oh, this is awesome. Let's celebrate this. Let's celebrate the corruption. And so immediately after, immediately after the story breaks, as we said, the House Judiciary GOP, who should be an entity that is investigating this, issues this. exactly like this, says, retweet if you think Justice Thomas is the goat, the greatest of all time. And they use the an emoji of the goat. I mean, they tweet like they're teenagers, first of all. And it's just such an affront to the rule of law to make that tweet when you say this. Even if you want to hide and be, you know, pretend like you are looking into it. Like even that is is better. Like <laughs> at least the old Republican Party would BS about it and be like, we, we take accusations, you know, on a whatever basis and we will look into it and make our best judgment. But they can't, they don't even fake it anymore. They've just dropped all pretense. They're like, yeah, we're corrupt. What the hell are you going to do about it? We actually celebrate corruption here. That's what we do. Corruption. That's what we do in the Republican Party. And, and that's why this whole divide with every single issue out there it's really not Democrat versus Republican, but they make every issue Democrat versus Republican. Like during COVID, for example, like the most obvious example was like you would see people literally coughing in people's faces, like actually coughing in people's faces going, I'm going to give you COVID. <laughs> that was like a thing that some people on the right would do. And that would be celebrated. That's just a monstrous thing. Like that's objectively a monstrous thing to do. But they'd be like, "Oh, look at the lib that got owned. Look at the." It's like, dude, you're just you're trying to take away. Like, you're trying to take away my free speech. The Dems are trying to cancel me. They're trying to cancel like, me. They're they're anti-free speech. It's like, no, it's not anti-free speech. It is a basic decency thing. Like part of my free speech is that I want to criticize your conduct, which is horrific. Free speech doesn't give you a pass not to be criticized for being a hateful and racist and despicable person. Boom. Period. Full stop. Jay. Can we Period. talk about that tweet just a little bit more? Like it gets even sadder when you realize who runs the House GOP account being Jim Jordan is the one tweeting that out. The judiciary account, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he and, retweets himself. And then and he retweets himself and just has a conversation with himself. Again, not working for the American people, but rather just on Twitter having a conversation with himself. And then just also, it's just so this modern day Republican Party, like is Clarence, Th retweet if Clarence Thomas is the goat. Like he's obviously the worst human ever, but now they have to paint him because they're all in their MAGAverse, they have to paint him as the best. Oh, the and more it's just so, he's not even the best criminal of all. Like I, you can make the argument he's one of the worst criminals of all time. The most the the <laughs> they they reward corruption. And I saw AOC say something online the other day to the effect of, like they cast not harassing people as like some sort of leftist lib liberal you know value, and. Anytime that you speak out against that harassment, they go, stop persecuting me, stop persecuting me. And it's, it's the tactic and, and it's what they use. And, you know, honestly, I think that they, in their mind, saw people on their side being 
quote unquote canceled, which was just having consequences for their disgraceful actions. And they said, let's flip this on their head. And they go in the opposite direction and they go, oh, they, you know, they try to pull that card, but, but in the opposite, but it really doesn't work because you are trying to cancel people for speaking out against harassment, for speaking out for equality. Like these are the things that people are going after. And it goes back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago. It's it's all about what uh, whatever right-wing nut said out loud. It might've been Charlie Kirk, whatever. It's all about the Overton window, which is they're trying to shift the entire political discourse as far to the right as possible. So they pick the most extremist stances as possible so that that mark in the middle moves over along with it. And then what happens when that mark in the middle moves along with it, the media kind of buys into the BS and the media goes, mm -hmm. oh, well, we need to be in the center. You know, what people want is they want the center. No, we want the truth. I mean, people want the truth. And that's why, like, well, that's why we, I think, exist, honestly, as a media. And I think that's why people tune in here because people just want to hear the truth. It's not a both sides issue to just be a decent human being. It's not a both sides. Well, maybe Clarence Thomas has a few points here about taking. No, that's wrong. That's objectively wrong. And if a justice on the quote unquote liberal side of the bench did that also, I would also say that's mm -hmm. wrong, but that just doesn't exist. And they try to muddy the waters constantly by finding they're like, well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg traveled. Yes, she disclosed all of her travel. Like, well, I, they, okay, well, so-and-so got a book deal. Yes, she disclosed her book deal. I like, what point are you trying to make? In fact, you're proving the exact opposite point. You're hurting your own point. But the MAGA Furby fascists, they mm. just eat it all up. And then they start going, whoa, 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 whoa. trips, <laughs> no, 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 book deal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe you that's why that, they call them cat turn. Now that, now that you say it, it's very similar to uh, like the handling of documents, which I'm sure we'll get into later in the show or whatnot. But like, it, it, it's always the cover up is, is in many instances, almost worse than, than the crime. It, it, it's the, that same playbook that, to your point, yeah, they all disclosed it. You know who didn't disclose it? Clarence Thomas. You know who didn't disclose the documents and, the, and where it all was? Trump. And so when you could just look at that from a lens of just like, hey, what are these people really like? Why are people so upset? And it's just because there's a lack of transparency, but it's not a lack of transparency because of just like, I don't know, unintentional ignorance. It's because they want to hide it from you because they don't want to disclose it because they want to keep getting these perks. Exactly. They ultimately know if they disclose it, then there's going to be ridicule. There's going to be condemnation. And that's why they don't disclose it. That's why Sunset um, and sunlight is the best disinfectant to that corruption. That's why there are these disclosure rules. And Brett, as you talk about shifting this Overton window, it's when large media networks then em embrace that concept, right? Like in their recent announcement, when CNN stated they're going to be hosting a town hall for Donald Trump in New Hampshire, which is utterly horrific that they are doing that, they described his views as having very unique positions and that they're going to mm. treat him the same as any other presidential candidate and that he has unique perspectives and point of views. If by unique you mean fascist, if by unique you mean authoritarian, if by unique you mean unique in the history of America, that there's someone who's modeling themselves off of Benito Mussolini, Adolf Hitler, and Vladimir Putin, that then you have to call that out. 
Otherwise, you are complicit. And Donald Trump, uh, the same day that CNN announced they want to platform Donald Trump's unique positions in a town hall, Donald Trump put out this following video where he talks about if he's elected, he's going to use the Department of Justice to seize the private endowments of universities, including private universities, if they support equity. If you think I'm making that up, just play this video clip. Time has come to reclaim our once great educational institutions from the radical left, and we will do that. Our secret weapon will be the college accreditation system. It's called accreditation for a reason. The accreditors are supposed to ensure that schools are not ripping off students and taxpayers, but they have failed totally. When I return to the White House, I will fire the radical left accreditors that have allowed our colleges to become dominated by Marxist maniacs and lunatics. We will then accept applications for new accreditors who will impose real standards on colleges once again and once and for all. These standards will include defending the American tradition and Western civilization, protecting free speech, eliminating wasteful administrative positions that drive up costs incredibly, removing all Marxist diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucrats, offering options for accelerated and low-cost degrees, providing meaningful job placement and career services, and implementing college entrance and exit exams to prove that students are actually learning and getting their money's worth. Furthermore, I will direct the Department of Justice to pursue federal civil rights cases against schools that continue to engage in racial discrimination and schools that persist in explicit unlawful discrimination under the guise of equity will not only have their endowments taxed, but through budget reconciliation, I will advance a measure to have them fined up to the entire amount of their endowment. A portion of the seized funds will then be used as restitution for victims of these illegal and unjust policies, policies that hurt our country. Like, y'all realize that's like literally fascism. That is literally using yeah. the government like, actually. to seize private entities and then to take the entities and distribute it to people who don't support equity. Just want to be very clear with. And, and when he says, you know, when he's talking about we need to end racial discrimination, it's not what one would think uh, when they hear that they want to end racial discrimination. What he's saying is these schools, if they bring in black and brown students, I'm going to find them and I am going to take over their operations as the government. It is the most directly fascist statement imaginable. And it's just like, oh no, he just has some strong ideas, everybody. He just has some strong <laughs> ideas. I mean, you wonder like who's supporting this guy. And then like you look at some of these polls that come out and 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 you see like what the heck is even going on. You guys see the CBS News YouGov poll. Yeah. Like it, this is the 2024, uh, the CBS News Gov poll. This is for 2024 Republican nomination. You prefer a candidate who? dot, dot, dot. And here were the top answers from likely GOP primary voters, and they could pick multiple answers. So, you know, it's not like they're going to add up to 100. But 85% of the respondents said the most important thing for a Republican candidate is someone who challenges woke ideas, 
66%. Someone who opposes any gun restrictions. 61%. They need a candidate who says that Trump won in 2020. And 57% all agreed that we need a candidate who, quote, makes liberals angry. So not the economy. Not the inflation, not gas prices, all that just BS, I guess. Yeah, not foreign, not foreign make, policy. Not foreign, no, just, just someone who makes libs angry. That's, that's, that's all and they And that's care why, about. though, they play to that, and that's why they advance, these MAGA Republicans advance, these heinous conspiracy theories every week. And they do it under the guise of, oh, there's, we're investigating it. There's a whistleblower. They use and manipulate those terms. And mm -hmm. the latest one that they just go on Fox and all these right wing platforms and just start spreading is that a whistleblower gave them super secret information. They don't know what it is. They have no clue what it actually says. But this whistleblower said that Biden was involved in a bribery corruption scheme during the Obama administration and wrote a whistleblower letter to the FBI about it. By the way, what Brett's putting up out there for our audio listeners and for our um, YouTube watchers, you can see this. This, by the way, is the types of things that they're talking about. Michelle wants more sugar for kids. And they did a study on Obama's body languages and how they're, I guess they're critical of the way the body languages are, are slanted towards each other when, when Michelle and Barack Obama this is some weird, this is some weird hugged each other. Stuff. Like this is the stuff that they're being fed each and every day. And in between that, they're getting these conspiracy theories about President Biden. So we put together here a montage that I just want to play. And we did it through our Midas Touch Twitter account. We'll play it for you right now. Of all these MAGA Republicans going on these right-wing shows and basically just saying that President Biden may, may have engaged in a bribery scheme, we don't really know yet. We don't have any evidence, but we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about it here. Pl play this clip. You know, caveat that we don't have any uh, hard information. We're wondering exactly what this is all about. According to a, a press release that was sent out by James Comer's office, it says the information provided by a whistleblower raises concerns that then Vice President Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme. Does this have to do with Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings in Ukraine or China, or is it something else? Well, I, I guess basically uh, we, we've got to wait to uh, see what, what the document exactly says. It's a very serious allegation against the then vice president. Uh, it is a very serious allegation. Uh, I wish I could say that I knew it was true or untrue. But this is, a, this is something new. Do you have any information on that? I do not. I don't have any information on what the whistleblowers has alleged in terms of the specific substantive allegations. Uh, it says specifically the release today that the vice president may have altered policy for money, a bribery scheme. He may have actually changed policy. Have you narrowed it down to what policies or can you at least tell me if you have what area? If you can't say specifically, what do you know about it, sir? Uh, Congressman Fallon. Well, Greg, that'll all come out, I think, and it'll come out very soon. The, the bottom line is, let's ask another question, very simple one. What business, what product or service did the Bidens ever provide? This seems more direct, at least in what's being said by Grassley and Comer. 
Well, this is, after all, if there's anything to it. In other words, we don't know very much. Um, and this is an early stage of this. Uh, it doesn't keep these politicians on the Hill from coming out and talking about it and for the White House to respond. But we need to be careful here because, you know, the air is full of charges, as it sometimes is, and we're entering the political season. So my advice is, let's be careful here. Will your colleagues make those underlying documents publicly available? We know the whistleblower will remain protected, but what about the allegations? Will the American people see them? Well, we'll have to see what's in them. You know, see whether they're credible allegations, whether they, not, they connect to other wrongdoing by the, by the Biden family. Um, and if they turn out to not be credible, sir, uh, Will your colleagues acknowledge that, you think? Only got a couple well, seconds left. Th that'll be up to them. If they turn out to not be credible, will your colleagues acknowledge that? And the response is, that will be up to them. Not, if they are not credible, of course we will tell the truth. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and this is... This goes exactly to the strategy that I was talking about earlier, where they throw out the most salacious, most disgusting claims that have zero evidence. They pretend they have some whistleblower, and then inevitably nothing happens because it's complete BS. And then you have all their supporters and followers go, oh, it's just the corrupt system. The corrupt system wins again. No, the truth wins again because you everybody you listen to you listen to continues to lie to you. And even Geraldo Rivera was like, yo, this is the, the, the people, this is ridiculous, right? He wrote a tweet that said, Does anybody really this remember Geraldo Rivera, Fox News, Geraldo Rivera? Does anybody really believe President Joe Biden was involved in a criminal bribery scheme? Dollars to donuts, it's another bogus blowhard pretense whistleblower. Hint, if the person announcing a would-be criminal scheme is a partisan politician, it's a partisan political event. That last part is the most important part of his statement. If there's actually a whistleblower, the whistleblower would come forward or through an attorney come forward. It would not be James Comer and Chuck Grassley and Jim Jordan saying, we got a big one. And But, you know, this Murdoch ecosystem, this right-wing ecosystem, it kicks right into gear. It was the cover of the New York Post today, and they couch it in whistleblower says, you know, but they literally put it on the front cover. This is what New Yorkers were seeing in the New York Post today. Joe Bryben, FBI, a secret file, a legend that then beat Biden, but then they accredit it to whistleblower to give themselves some cover. I mean, this is just complete. It's really yes, this is it's really heinous and outrageous and disgusting and frankly should be absolutely illegal. I mean, like people should go to jail for doing stuff like this. This is absolutely sickening to me. And you know who gross. benefits from all of this? The people like Harlan Crow, the people oh, like yeah. Leonard Leo, the people they like love Rupert it. Murdoch. You know, you you have the you know they love it, right? Because you have these you know Jim Jordans and these Marjorie Taylor Greens, right? They're basically kind of pawns and props, right? You put them around, they're crazy. Yes. They have no sense of dignity. They're just these monsters, right? Who go out there attack the Democrats, frankly, just pro-democracy and logic. Because if you ultimately follow logic and you care about our democracy, you start saying, hey, you know what? It doesn't make sense if you have a Supreme Court that is for sale to billionaires. That's not 
something that we all like, right? Everybody would agree with that unless you've got bribing Biden and, and birth certificate scandals and all of these other things. On, then you're just angry and you're living and you don't think straight about your own economic interests. And then Rupert Murdoch and Harlan Crow on their freaking yachts in the Mediterranean are freaking laughing at you, MAGA Republicans. So they are true. pointing and laughing at you. And the Jim Jordans and all these people are just their pawns, which is why law and order matters. And it is why MAGA Republicans want to destroy law and order. And I am always grateful when I hear good news about special counsel Jack Smith and the developments there and what's going on in our court system. Some more updates as well in the Manhattan court where the Manhattan district attorney is pursuing the criminal charges against Donald Trump. Let's talk about that, but take one more final quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, fastgrowingtrees.com. Breathe some life into your own backyard with fastgrowingtrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, let fastgrowingtrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. Fastgrowingtrees.com's plant expert, they curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate, from Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home. Am I right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. Well, no problem. Because with FastGrowingTrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants, they arrive at your door in just a few days. Now, I love Fast Growing Trees because I found the Meyer lemon tree that I was looking for at a great price and you will too. And with Fast Growing Trees 30 Day Alive and Thrive Guarantee, you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. Now join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Midas Touch now to get 15% off your entire order. That's 15% off your entire order at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Midas Touch. Our next partner is Climate Financial. Now, in an unpredictable world with pandemics and who knows what, life insurance offers those who rely on you financial freedom and peace of mind, knowing that if something were to happen, they would be taken care of. Life insurance can also be used for your own needs, including long-term care, illness protection, and a way to build significant cash value so you won't ever have to put the burden on your bank account. That's why I'm so happy to introduce you to our next partner, Climan Financial, a son-father insurance brokerage firm founded in 2014 by Ayer Climan. This independent insurance brokerage has the ability to help you obtain life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care. Whatever your family needs, Climan Financial can help guide you and obtain it. Climate Financial, they take a hands-on approach to get to know you personally before ever putting a policy in front of you. And Climate Financial, they pride themselves on having a fully customizable and bespoke approach that works on an independent track to deliver you the policy that best fits your needs. All their recommendations are tailored to your specific situation. And at Climate Financial, their intimate team has over 80 years of experience between them. They commit themselves to being not only with you today, but to guide you through your financial strategies with your ever-changing lifestyle. Now, I've personally met with the founders several times before agreeing to have them come on as a sponsor because I just know how serious the subject matter is. And I have to be honest, they didn't just meet my expectations, they exceeded them. They showed me innovative solutions to age-old problems that really opened my eyes. 
Don't believe me? Call them yourselves and see how they could help you. Climate Financial agreed that as an exclusive offer to Midas Touch listeners, you can call and speak directly to the owners of the firm. That's right. Head to climbinfinancial.com slash Midas and schedule your call today with Climate Financial and speak directly to the owners and figure out what insurance policy best fits your needs. That's Climan, K-L-Y-M-A-N, financial.com slash Midas right now to see how they can help guide you to the right coverage for your family. Welcome back. And we are live here on the Midas Touch podcast. Let's talk about what's going on in the courts. Let's start in New York, shall we? Um, Another major court loss for Donald Trump. Donald Trump's case against the New York Times was dismissed. The case was also against Mary Trump. The court hasn't ruled on the Mary Trump portion of that case. But Donald Trump's lawsuit against the New York Times reporters who wrote this expose about his uh, tax fraud and uh, they analyzed, you know, decades of his uh, tax records. Uh, he sued them, claimed that they defamed his character, demanded $100 million. Uh, that case was dismissed. It was obvious that case was going to be dismissed. Alina Haba was the lawyer there again. Um, and because of the nature of the case there, the New York Times and its reporters will be able to get attorney's fees. And I think it will be significant six-figure attorney's fees. So I think in the past six months, if you're keeping track, Alina Haba, between her sanctions and the cases being dismissed, I think her tab is close to $2 million in losses. And mind you, these are cases that Donald Trump is filing. He is the plaintiff. So he is the person asking for the money. And not only does he lose these cases, but he loses them so badly that he then has to pay the defendant cases, uh, defendant money for bringing these cases. And in America, (laughs) unlike some other countries, you know, normally there isn't a cost shift or a fee shift when you lose these cases. Um, which is you know, a, a, a unique and debatable thing that we have here in the United States. However, Donald Trump loses so badly, he ends up having to pay the fees and he gets sanctioned. And look, I think it's so important that we talk about Donald Trump's losses because he files these cases looking for the headline. He wants the headline. Donald Trump sues New York Times for $100 million, right? Because it's the same reason that the New York Post wants that headline, bribing Joe Biden, and then it goes, whistleblower. They just think people care about the headlines and the media is too lazy to report anything after that. So if you're just not following the news and you look at that cover, how can you decipher the real news, for example, right? If you see Donald Trump suing the New York Times for $100 million, then he's lying to you and says that it's a great case. And then you just, you know, you're busy. You're doing other things. You don't necessarily follow the story. What if you're in New York and you get a copy of that New York Post or, you know, you're walking home, you're catching the subway, whatever you see at the New York Post and you see that and it just sticks in your mind, bribing Biden. You know, oh my God, is he involved in a bribery scandal? Because then the next day, 
you know, if there's a report in the New York Times or some legitimate outlet that talks about Donald Trump's crimes or his misconduct, like we're going to be talking about in a little bit, that special counsel Jack Smith's investigating, for example, Donald Trump's relationship with the Saudis and how that relates to his stolen documents, like a real thing. The fact that Donald Trump is hosting the live golf tournaments at his properties and then spreading disinformation about 9-11 um, while the Saudis golf tournament is there. And to, and to the average person, sometimes you look at it, you're like, I think you got Biden's bribing and you got Donald Trump. Oh my God, everything is so screwed up. What do I, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what they want you to do. That That's part of their disinformation campaign to just conflate everything and know that most Americans are just so busy that they can't follow all of this. And it's all kind of confusing. And that's why you got to break it down. That's why the media and the fourth estate is supposed to be so important and why when they've given up on that role, why it's so completely and utterly problematic. In other news in New York courts, um, the New York judge, Judge Juan Mershon, who's presiding over the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal case, the 34 separate felony accounts against Donald Trump for falsifying business records, held a hearing on Thursday and the hearing was originally supposed to be over the issue of a protective order, um, whether documents should be um, kept confidential, can Donald Trump get access to these documents and post about it. And ultimately, Judge Juan Mershon, he's not calling it a gag order. He's calling it part of this protective order. And the protective order is going to be issued relatively soon. Um, and one of the stipulations with this protective order is that Donald Trump's going to have to go on a Zoom call with the judge where the judge is going to let him know that it will be a violation if you threaten me, the judge, the, the lawyers, or if you attack witnesses or jurors or attack the court process, you're free to talk about the case. You're free to say you're innocent or whatever you want to say. But if you start threatening people, like with the baseball bat, that will be a violation of the protective order and you can be held in criminal contempt and be thrown in jail for that. So a pretty big news. It's not getting like reported like that, but I think a very big update there. Also, another big update there is that the judge stated that trial is going to be held in February or March of 2024 and told Donald Trump's lawyers basically he better be here. It's a criminal case, unlike a civil case. So he's forced to be here. Do not book travel plans during that time period because he will be in court. We'll pick the time together. Give us some dates. But once we pick it, there's no trips. He will be in this court every single day as a criminal defendant. So mark your calendars for February, March, February or March of 2024. That is when the criminal case will go in front of a jury. So you may be looking at a criminal conviction of Donald Trump by late March, early April of 2024 for 34 separate felony counts there. And then finally, Donald Trump's lawyers, they filed a completely frivolous motion to try to remove the criminal case that's in state court. Because again, what's the theme here? Oh, I'm being treated so unfairly. Everyone's treating me so meanly here. This case should really be heard in a federal court. Donald Trump just filed a motion to try to remove this case to a federal, to the federal courthouse. But by the way, you know who the federal judges are in New York? 
You had federal judges like Judge Lewis Kaplan, who's presiding over uh, the E. Jean Carroll case. Now, I think Trump's hoping that maybe he can pull one of the judges that he appointed, that same right-wing judge who made the bad ruling for the Manhattan District Attorney, I think he's hoping that it goes in front of her again. Um, but and it, there's no basis for federal jurisdiction here. It's a state prosecutor filing state law claims. And in Donald Trump's motion that was just filed, he argues, well, he, because it happened during the election, it somehow invokes his powers as as a former president, it, 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 like I read it, it makes absolutely no sense. I'm not even going to try to dissect the illogical nature of that motion, but I just want to let you know that that was filed. And special counsel Jack Smith um, has really been piercing Trump's inner circle this past week. We previously reported, of course, that uh, former Vice President Mike Pence testified before the grand jury, but let's talk about other people this week who testified. You had Dan Scavino, Donald Trump's head of social media. Scavino testified um, this week, and Scavino's been the person who's been in charge of all of Donald Trump's Twitter accounts and social media and has always been around Donald Trump. He's, I think, Donald Trump's deputy chief of staff when Donald Trump finished his term in office. And by the way, I think Scavino got his job as Donald Trump's former caddy and then worked at Donald Trump's uh, golf course in Westchester before becoming Donald Trump's social media head and then the deputy chief of staff at the White House, just so you know the career trajectory there. And also you had Matthew Calamari Sr. and Matthew Calamari Jr., who have both been largely responsible in the Trump organization. Uh, Calamari Sr. is obviously the father of Calamari Jr. Calamari Jr. is in charge of Trump's security. Calamari Sr. used to be in charge of the security. He's technically the COO of Trump Org, but he oversees um, lots of the security within the Trump organization as well and got his son that job. Um, and one of the things special counsel Jack Smith's been very focused on lately is potentially potential tampering with surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago and in other Trump properties. Certain surveillance footage was turned over in response to the May 2022 subpoena to special counsel Jack Smith, but not all of the footage. There's, there appears to still be missing footage and the footage that was turned over was delayed and there are some inconsistencies in the footage. So was the footage tampered with? Is there footage that is missing? We know, for example, from the footage that has been turned over, that's how the Department of Justice Special Counsel Jack Smith was able to determine that Walt Nauta, one of Donald Trump's employees at Mar-a-Lago who used to work in the White House, was lying when he claimed that he didn't know how certain boxes that had classified documents were moved. The surveillance footage showed that Walt Nauta was moving the boxes. And so Walt Nauta had to basically come in and then kind of change his testimony. Um, and Walt Nauta, I think, could potentially be charged with obstruction of justice and lying uh, to federal officials. And so he's had to cooperate um, as a result of basically being caught and exposed, moving these documents after the subpoena was issued by the Department of Justice to return all of these documents. And so that's a, there's a, that's a big development right there. One of the other things that special counsel Jack Smith's focused on, as I mentioned earlier, is the relationship between Donald Trump and Liv, 
um, which is the new golf league run by the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund, the same wealth fund that gave Jared Kushner $2 billion. The relationships there, um, you know, I, I don't specifically know if this is the line of questioning, but was Donald Trump using his possession of classified records um, to kind of lure the Saudis into his various properties, um, either expressly or impliedly that he has these records. Was there a quid pro quo there? You know, we know that one of the areas of inquiry that Jack Smith's been looking into before was Donald Trump showing political donors uh, classified maps um, in his office. I mean, and kind of weaponizing his possession over these classified documents like that. Um, so all big news right there. Um, you know, and this also kind of explains Evan Corcoran, um, Donald Trump's lawyer. Remember, the Jack Smith and the Department of Justice got an order compelling Evan Corcoran to testify again when the judge made a finding that the crime fraud exception applied. Um, that Evan Corcoran was either knowingly or unwittingly, one or the other, but he was being used by Donald Trump to commit the crime obstruction of justice. And specifically, there was a call between Corcoran and Donald Trump in May of 2022 when the subpoena from the Department of Justice first issued for Donald Trump to turn over classified records that still remained at Mar-a-Lago after, at that point, over a year, you know, going on two years of Trump lying and saying that all of the records were turned over when they weren't. Corcoran called Trump up and Corcoran took notes of that conversation and perhaps audio recordings about that call. And so was there then a plan in May of 2022 in response to that subpoena to then take action to try to hide or conceal the records from the Department of Justice or destroy the records and that could potentially be linked to what else is going on with these surveillance footage, because once that subpoena issued, there seems to have been something going on with the surveillance footage that could be part of the Department of Justice's obstruction of justice uh, uh, investigation into Donald Trump's classified records. So let's just say a lot go a lot. <laughs> and like that's an amazing breakdown. And that was that's been within the past like few hours. <laughs> Like, like, like that's why it's just, it's moving. So everything is moving so quickly. And did we even touch on the proud boys yet in detail? I don't even know if we got, we have not. Why don't you hit it? Which is absolutely massive in short, not to belabor the point too much, but some of the proud boys were convicted of seditious conspiracy today. Mm. Seditious conspiracy, like an absolutely major charge. It's basically like being charged with treason. Like there really is no higher charge than seditious conspiracy. Remember in the beginning after January 6th, we said this earlier in Fox, they would be like, well, there hasn't been any sedition uh, convictions or whatever. There hasn't been any sedition charges. Well, now flash forward to today. There are 14 seditious conspiracy guilty verdicts wow. for those counting, 10 by jury and four by guilty plea. Today, the Proud Boys, Ethan Nordine, Joseph Biggs, Zachary Rell, and the chairman of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tario, were all convicted of seditious conspiracy. They joined the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, and Kelly Meggs, among many other charges. The one that was not charged, the one that was not convicted of seditious cons conspiracy today was Dominic 
Pozzola. He was found not guilty of that, but he was found guilty of obstructing an official proceeding, which carries a max 20-year sentence also, which is the same uh, sentence that seditious conspiracy carries. Um, Also convicted of destroying government property and several other charges. So this is bad news for, I mean, these are like basically Trump's co-conspirators. Let's let's just be real here. And I don't know why this doesn't get enough attention here when you go back in time and you look at this post, which should send a chill down your spine. I thought this was far too ignored at the time. Enrique Tario posting on Parler, RIP Parler. I remember when Kanye was going to buy Parler. What the fuck? What the hell happened to that? Anyway, <laughs> Parler, when it's uh, Parler, which is now it does not exist. Um, Enrique Tario posted this uh, before January 6th. Last minute invite to an undisclosed location. Wow. I'm in awe hashtag Trump 2020, and he posted photos of him at the White House. I mean, how could that not send an absolute chill down your spine knowing that? And I just want to show at least for the viewers right now, and we posted this on our Instagram, follow us there if you want to see this photo, just a little montage of Enrique Tario with a lot of very prominent members of the Republican Party. I mean, hey, I'm just going to mm. say this guy gets around. You see in you this photo. You are the company you keep, Brett. That is right. Show me your friends. I'll show you who you are. And here mm. you have Enrique Tario with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You have Enrique Tario with, which looks like a very blitzed and wasted uh, Don Jr. No surprise. Um, you see him with Rick Scott. Uh, you see him with Roger Stone, Ted Cruz. Cruz, Dan Crenshaw, and others. I mean, this guy really got around in the Republican MAGA sphere. And, you know, this is a huge win for the Department of Justice at this point. Like like Ben said, this is 100% rating right now for the Department of Justice of securing these sorts of convictions. Um, it's a big win. It shows you that their methodical approach of doing this is right. indeed working and uh, you know it's 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 great news. Like we should celebrate. Honestly, think about this. Proud boys, proud boys, stand back and go cry. <laughs> and by the way, you know why this is also important too. Um, Tario was actually not there on the day of January sixth, and he mm. was convicted of seditious conspiracy. I think that is also super important. I mean, Tario was arrested like a couple of days before January sixth. He was pulled over on an arrest warrant. He had vandalized. He had like lit on fire like a black lives matter sign and, and and like caused like a lot of public damage and then uh, cops pulled him over and they found two unloaded magazines with the proud boys logo in his bag and uh he tried to say like the clips that he had for his gun they were being purchased by i don't even know his excuses but anyway he was arrested and he was not actually even at january 6th but still Got that seditious conspiracy conviction. Well, here's the, and here's the biggest point, though, and and, and you were you were you were you were close to hitting on it at the end that he wasn't there, and, and then kind of tying that though to Donald Trump, right? Because just think about what the Proud Boys argued in their throughout the case, and what was the closing argument that is now a judicial record. This is why when you build the case against Trump. If you led with Trump before getting all of these other witnesses before the uh, criminal grand jury, um, one, you wanted to get the building blocks there, but you also wanted to get these other convictions. And so you really couldn't have got these seditious conspiracy convictions unless you worked your way up 
to get all the other convictions of the lower level people and then the mid-level violent people. Because ultimately, what happened when you charged uh, the Proud Boys? What happened when you charged the Oath Keepers with seditious conspiracy? What was their defense? Their defense was Donald Trump told us to do it. Their defense was don't blame us, blame Trump. That's Enrique Tarrio's closing argument that his lawyer said. You're trying to charge Enrique Tarrio with the crimes of Donald Trump. Stop trying to make him a proxy. He wasn't there. Donald Trump was the one who told everybody to do it. And when you look at the jury instructions for seditious conspiracy, the agreement doesn't actually have to be a written agreement between the co-conspirators. It doesn't even have to be like a formal deal. You don't have to go, okay, here's what we're all going to do. Mind you, that's what Donald Trump actually did. He said, here's what we're going to do on this date. But it doesn't have to be that. It can just be implied through your conduct, which sends an overall message to other co-conspirators to act in a concerted way to engage in the underlying conduct of trying to use force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any law of the United States, right? And so ultimately, now that you've got all of these seditious conspiracy convictions against these Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, right, 14 so far in total, you have 14 basically separate ways to communicate to a jury about Donald Trump's role in the seditious conspiracy because they're all blaming him. Think about how powerful that's going to be. And you can take in their testimony now against Trump. And you couldn't do that if you charged Trump first. That's the why you climb the ladder that you do in mafia-style prosecutions and here um, in ultimately the criminal investigation of Donald Trump. And we're talking about, Brett, 100% convictions or partial convictions. We're talking about hundreds of cases so far, like almost a thousand trials, a thousand. Think about that. And all of those, they haven't lost one. You would think just what, you know, we, we, we sometimes joke with each other as brothers when one of us, um, you know, does something that isn't like great. We go, hey, all you got to do to be a Hall of Famer is be is bat, you know, 300, 300, you know, bat 350, <laughs> three of 10. They're batting 1,000%. They're, they, they haven't missed, which is beyond incredible that that is uh, taking place. And finally, I just want to show you this clip because I think it ties it all together. And this clip is like, I think perfectly encapsulates the modern day Republican logic. And this is President Biden is going to be sending troops to the border um, because, you know, he thinks that there's action needed there. And so the press asked Lindsey Graham, who was giving a press conference with Ted Cruz, well, what do you think about Biden's plan to send troops to the border? Um, and Lindsey Graham responds a certain way. And then the person asking the question is, well, well, what do you think about when Trump did it? Play this clip. How are you on the administration sending troops to the border? We heard from Senator Cornyn. I think it's ridiculous theater. It will not change the outcome. Did you feel the same about it being theater when um, Trump sent troops to the border in 2018? 
I feel that Donald Trump did the best job in my political lifetime. When Donald Trump did something, it worked. Everything he did, as Ted suggested, worked. <laughs> I mean, nothing else says MAGA Republican like that right there. And I'm beginning, I'm seeing in the chat, a lot of people want to know what the photo is behind me. I'm at my mom's house right now. That's, that's <laughs> me, Brett, and Jordy from Brett's wedding and our mom, Randy, right there, who you sometimes, sometimes, she's always in the chat. So you, you see her there. And I'll just show you right here. I'm, I'm in uh, this, where I'm, this used to be my bedroom. Which is now wow. This is where this is the bedroom that I grew up in for 18 years. This is the this was the bedroom that's now our mom's office. And the brothers, the three the three of us will be getting together actually this weekend. We have a family event, which is why we're all out here on the East like, Coast. Look at that graduation. For the audio listeners, it's showing Ben's. Is that your college graduation photo? You're showing Ben law school graduation. Law school graduation. And you got the photo. Try try to go up on the basketball shot if you can, a little closer on the that's basketball. A good basketball. That's shot. this is a classic Midas brothers. photo photo right there on the bottom left <laughs> I love with the it. three of us holding the uh, the basketball in our basketball jerseys. Gotta love it. I'm excited to see all you you two in person over the weekend. Um, this has been a great show. It's been so much fun hanging with the Midas Mighty. Uh, always a pleasure to, you know, I, to bring the Midas Mighty into our family. Uh, the Midas Mighty really is our extended family, and we hope to keep growing this family, to keep growing this pro-democracy movement, and we can't do it without all of you. So remember, please, if you're listening to this on audio, remember to head on over and subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're here on YouTube, go right now. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Go right now. Go to the audio podcast, any podcast app, search Midas Touch Podcast, and you could subscribe. It's free. And you could also look in the description of this episode to get one of the many incredible products from our sponsors and all of our great discounts we have with our sponsors. And there's also a full list of all the podcasts on the Midas Touch Network for you to subscribe to. Man, we have a lot of free content for you guys to keep everybody You know what, Brett? I just saw... Uh... I just saw in the chat someone said Randy for Congress, um, wow. which is actually a great idea because um, we, uh, we live. Lot, not everyone knows. Yeah, we live in uh, what's his name's district, Santos. Santos. We, we grew up in George Santos's district, so that's where Ben is currently in Santos's district as as we speak. I will be there uh, next week and. Uh, yeah, let's take on George Santos. One of us should maybe run out. No, of no, I have no, too no, much time. Midas this, I got to devote my full time to Midas Touch. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching. As Brett said, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Appreciate you. I got to adjust to this New York time and and the red eye, but I'll I'll, I'll get there. And Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas <laughs> Mighty. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment Season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com.